All right, welcome to the podcast. This is episode number seven. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. My name is John. I'm Tony. And we are the podcast boys. Is that what we've decided to call ourselves? The podcast boys, right? I think you just decided that right now. Actually. Yeah, I know. I, I like it, though. It's okay. I like anything with boys after it. Like, mm. I, I just feel cooler. Like, we're the cupcake boys. It's still like a kind of a kind of a BA thing. Like the Gator boys? Yeah, I guess we can't do that. I don't actually wish I was a Gator boy. It'll be ironic. Let's call it, we'll, let's do the podcast gals then. That Maybe is that, ironic. Can people get behind that? I, 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 I bet some people would get behind it. I, I wouldn't necessarily. Oh, easy, easy, all right? Easy, take it easy. All right. Um, all right, so we want to get right. We have a lot to talk about and only a little bit of time today. Um, so we're going to get right into some uh, just a couple of brief news stories. I believe we have um, we have some, right? Yeah, there are a couple of big big uh, news stories. Um, the stuff always happens in Connecticut, by the way. It does. Well, then we'll go into that story first, which um, is something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And um, since we're up here in the Northeast, we we're we're right here with this story, but. Uh, in uh, Connecticut, a law officer was forced to shoot and kill a monitor lizard, which was found in um, in a pen eating chickens. Um, so, what what was kind of upsetting to me about that one is, you know, why why the why is the monitor less important than the chicken? That's why you know, chickens don't even thermoregulate. What's cool about them? It's pretty true. Nothing. It's pretty true. But that's the type of thing that people, you know, this is one of the problems with the exotic qualities of reptile keeping. And obviously something went wrong and the thing got out. But, I mean, people are people are scared. People are scared of reptiles. Yeah. Well, they they, they um, kept getting reports of a an alligator that was on the loose. Right, right. Which, obviously, monitors right. look so much like alligators. Right. Um, Local news saw a dragon. No, let's be honest. That that thing would be tough to handle, you know. So I understand that. But um, do you hear but the barking? Yes, but especially there's a dog in, in the general premises. People just live with it. Um, Horrible. There's a there's a very specific type of way that people get they go crazy over reptiles, and they turn it to, all of a sudden it turns into something larger, and it turns into some crazy like. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't be that far from people being like, oh, my God, I think I saw a dragon. Right. They just don't – you see scales and people freak out. Well, I think what upsets me is is it would have been tough to, to remove the animal, but where, where's the wildlife where's, – where's the, where's the animal control wildlife person whose job it is to remove an animal like that? You know? Right. I, I wouldn't be scared to get in there and try to come up with some way to, to, to capture the animal instead of just shooting it. You know, right? Monitors can be nasty, but I mean, that's your—you know—that's definitely supposed to be the job. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, stuff. I'm looking from—I'm—I'm I'm on the outside looking in. I'm sure it was extremely difficult, and they weren't ready for it. But I tell you what—if they called in the podcast gals, we would have taken care of it. That's right. Dun, da, da, da. <laughs> um, there was another story right here, too, uh, just in my hometown, actually, where someone was relocating snapping turtles. He was writing the newspaper. Did I say this one before on a different podcast? I can't remember. No, you, you mentioned it in our videos, our herping videos, right. which anyone who's listening and hasn't seen those should check them out on our YouTube channel. Right. 
Um, yeah, they were relocating snapping turtles just because they were um, they they were eating ducks. Which I guarantee you, no one saw a snapping turtle eat a duck. I guarantee you that. So there's a picture of the guy in the paper holding, you know, probably 30, 40 pound snapping turtles, one in each hand by the tail, which can cause um, spinal injuries to the animal. So great. Thanks right. a lot. Thanks for relocating them. And they'll probably cross a million roads until they get hit trying to get back to, to their home. And right. Yeah, I, I, I did some research on that. Isn't it? They have like a very wide range, right? Isn't it like 25 miles or something or more than that, that they, they will return to their, where they're from? They can, they they can, um, yeah. It's a different species, it, it it varies over different species, and then even within. No, the I mean for common snappers. For common snappers, yeah, they do they do have um, they have uh, displayed rehoming uh, or homing, right. whatever it's called. Um, yeah. Homing beacons. Yeah, they so, have little, nature's little homing beacons. Right. So, it's sad, you know, people who just don't know any, obviously don't know anything about them. You're picking them up by the tail and probably causing them harm. Why? Because the ducks are cuter. The snapping turtles have been there for forever and ducks aren't always there. So just this year, some ducks decided to land there and you take it upon yourself to just make a decision based on what? Right. So you kill an apex predator because it was, because it ate something that it could have eaten. You know, like that's just, I don't know, that's stupid. I want to find that gentleman and I want to tell him, sir, you sit on a throne of lies. That's right. That's number one. Number one. We'll, Very good. We'll explain. We'll explain that as we continue forward. Very good. Um, so, what's the next? Uh, what's the next news story? There's uh, one that was non-domestic, right? Yeah, the other story was the Canadian story about the the, the two boys that were killed um, by a python. Um, now, I don't have all the information on this. There's been a ton of stuff written on this, but um, I thought it was at least you know worth bringing up. Yeah, so um, two boys, four and seven years old, um, I believe they lived um, above a pet store, a reptile pet store, and a 12-foot snake attacked them. Um, but uh, last I knew exactly how they died was, uh, was unclear. A 12-foot snake, now, I, that's a huge snake, but at the same time, it's not something that, could, that would eat um, a four or seven year old yeah, child. Twelve isn't that. I mean, twelve is big, but I mean, as far as snakes go, it's not that big. What I read is that it was an African rock python. Well, see, that's why because they're very aggressive. So I yeah. mean, even a smaller African rock python could definitely, obviously, do that. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it, it depends. See, and a lot of people. This is kind of a misconception too, is that people think that the length is correlates more to that but it depends on the size of the thing's head is what it was uh, based on what it will eat if its head is large enough to get around a child's body then it will you know it'll probably try to do that i but, watch shows on the killer snakes you got to get over the shoulders right i don't know that a 12 foot snake could do it now you see like right. it's, it's like what you do when you're eating chicken parm like you have to get around the edges right unhinge the jaw <laughs> exactly unhinge the jaw right Right. But don't unhinge our, each other's jaws. Let air out of your nostrils simultaneously while the food goes in. It's like a, <laughs> yeah, it's like a funnel kind of. Like right. you, you gotta have, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of it's just kind of interesting. Um, I also heard that there might have been like some some carbon monoxide issues, or at least that was a thought. I, I don't know. I don't know what the story is. Some people listening to this are going to know a lot more answers than I am, and they're going to say. 
it's worth looking at, though. Right. You know, we don't have happen to have this the uh, the answers here, but you should find them out. <laughs> but this is a big one, and and you should you know, do our work for us. It's important for us to understand how something like this can affect everything. You know, uh, one snake in Canada is in a room when two boys are found dead, and that means you can't keep pixies frogs in New Mexico anymore. I don't know. Right. Just everything, you know, everything has a snowball effect and it affects us all. So it's unfortunate and it's really sad. And obviously you feel for the family, but, um, you know, just thought it was something we should bring up. Definitely. So John, what do you have for us? Yeah. So, well, we want, we want to get right into, um, into the first part of our topic today. And, um, it's, I think we have mentioned it on the, on, on the show before, right? I don't know what the topic is. I'm forgetting. You okay? He's he's. he's well, we have a couple. No, he's we have like, a couple topics. I'm an idiot. We have a couple topics today, so I don't want to. I don't know which one you're referring to. All right. Well, the topic I was referring to was this: um, the article about drones used being used to help protect wildlife in the video. Right. So how techn- technology can be repurposed? Exactly. This this article has I, I've, I ran into it again you know article about that thing and again I'm not sure if we spoke about it but um it, it really got me thinking and as well as our main topic got me thinking about kind of the state of conservationism as it is right now we, you know are, are we doing enough is do we have to look at ways that are uh, non-traditional, I guess, is the good word. You know, because they've what they've done is drones, which are generally used to. There, it's a it's an unmanned aircraft that is sent, and in for the most common purpose, the American government has been using them using them to to bomb things without. There's no casualties on our side because it's an unmanned flight. So if it gets knocked down or whatever, then we you know no one dies. They're very expensive usually because they're armed for war and then they go in and they find a place in, you know, wherever we're, we want to bomb and they just kind of remotely bomb it. What the WWF has done, I believe it's WWF. Yeah, World Wildlife Fund. Um, so they've, they have basically bought smaller drones that have a, a, a shorter range and they're using them to keep track of basically large animals uh, just by taking camera shots. It's like a, you know, they have like a, like a half hour or 50 minute, maybe, um, flights that are unmanned and they can even be programmed for, you don't even have to have someone like the, like the, the war drones, like someone is, is using them is like guiding them like a video game. But these ones are going to be pre, they can be pre-programmed to just fly out and collect data and images and find out where herds of rhinoceros or whatever. I don't know if rhinoceros travel in herds, but where Rhinoceri. herds of, of rhinoceroses, wherever they are. And it's just, it, it's really cool. Rhinoceroses. Rhin- yes, rhinoceroses. I don't want one of those for Christmas. I want a hippopotamus. Continue. I, I think you can actually, you can get a baby hippopotamus, I think. Rhinoceroses. Um... So we were kind of thinking of ways to, you know, we want to explain, expound on that on other ways that we can repurpose technology or just have new ideas, new things that we can do um, to to help push our cause conservation along. I think the main and, issue is is the is 
money, right? So, it, see, that's the thing. It always comes down. To, you know, like what if the the, the way that we, we are setting this up is if Bruce Wayne decided that he wanted to protect the turtles instead of the scumbags of Gotham City, it's what sweet. would what would he do? It's pretty sweet. Turtle Man instead of Batman. I would send him a lot of emails. <laughs> yeah, you would. Just yeah, trying would. to be friends with him. Yeah, you would, Tony would definitely call me friends and be like, all right, there's a guy on the internet, and he talked to me. I swear. <laughs> He's a good friend of mine. His name is Bruce yeah. Wayne. Right. Quote, unquote, friend. Yeah. That would so be a much what, better what, what, turtle man than the one on Animal Planet. Right, yeah, he's he just kind of he's more like a teeth man. I feel like people just watch him for his teeth. Yay! Live action. Yeah. That's good. Not buying it. <laughs> so Tom, what was what was the we uh your we're gonna come up with a really good name for this, but for, yeah, we need a for, for right now we'll call it a turtle gadget. Send us How's an email that? and tell us what you think. Turtle cave. I think I think we're um, gonna go down to the turtle cave, like the bat cave. We're gonna go down to the turtle ooh. cave, and we're gonna create this. What's your thing? Right. Um, I don't know. Tell me yours. <laughs> All right. Well, my idea was for today. Um, I was thinking about the. Uh, I, I saw a program about the Kemp's Ridley Sea Turtles. Oh yeah, yeah. And they actually they specifically the Kemp's Ridley Sea Turtles have a very another uh, a similar in a similar vein. They found a way so that they can they have local local villagers harvest the eggs that are being laid within the first like couple of minutes mm-hmm. or a couple of, of hours you know day maybe it's a day I forget exactly um, they harvest the eggs as much as they want because for it takes about two or three days that turtles are continuously coming out and laying uh, you know they're digging in and they're laying their eggs and then what happens to the ones that are laid in the very beginning is that they end up getting crushed by turtles that come back later because there's only one beach. They all return to the same exact beach that they were born on. Yes, Costa Rica, right? Uh, I do believe it's Costa Rica, yes. It's in Mexico. Costa Rica. I think it's Costa Rica. Yeah, okay. Um, so they, they've, they've figured out a way that they, so they allow these local people to harvest the eggs for the first you know, 24 hours or whatever it is, and it seems kind of odd. But it works because then it, those eggs end up, end up being trampled anyway by the, the turtles that come in after them. That's great. So, so what's the technology used there? Just the incubation? So I, well, I, <clears throat> no, I, I think that what I would like to see is that on these other sites where these sea turtles are laying eggs, obviously that, that was just one that kind of sprung, that got my, my mind working. But on these other sites, I would like to see full military bases sprung up around the beaches. See, so because the problem is that the local populations are relying on these eggs as part of their income and part of the ability to stay alive. So this is a crude thing because I I don't think that, you know, I don't think that using military force to keep local people away from, uh, you know, one of their resources is really the right thing. But I think that we'll get, we'll get the right idea if we can really set it up. And the way that, you know, the reason that it doesn't work, just people standing there saying, hey, don't take them is because there's no force. Mm-hmm. So I think that if we had a bunch of guys with AK-47s and, you know, and poacher's hats, not poacher's hats, what's what a safari hat? Mm-hmm. So we got to, you know, got to get some tough guys to hang out and guard the eggs. So if we had like, you know, I'm picturing like a, like a security guard at your local, uh, your local mall parking lot. Paul Blart. Like get a, get a, right. You get a couple of booths with armed security guards. And they'll be able to find, you know, that when when, you, when the turtles are coming up, they can they can set up, set up I like shop. It. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not 
not going to be the best one we ever have, but. Well, it's not really that much technology. I came up with one, and I actually, I, mine's not. That well, it's much not necessarily technologically. Just, just, just what, if idea. you could, like, what would you do? Right, exactly. I want to put. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> Militarily, I want to put some armed men to guard sea turtle nests. What, 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 what would you do? Remember that? What show? would you do? Yeah. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. It's like 19 early 90s Nickelodeon. Yep. Sweet. Okay, you want to know mine? Uh, I I would like to know. All yours. right. Here we go. Chris Hansen, Dateline NBC, get the crew, the cameras, and get them over to the wildlife markets in Asia. That's what I want to do. Do you know what I'm talking about? Obviously. I do. To catch a predator, right? When Chris Hansen comes in and he's like, so, what are you doing here? You know, when the guy comes in and he thinks he's meeting a 13-year-old girl? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just to make everyone look stupid on national television. That, that's, honestly, that's really brilliant. That's a great way to look at it. And then there's a SWAT team outside. There's a SWAT team outside waiting to just waiting to, to bag them afterwards. It's great. Well, can they be bagged? The difference is there's no there's no uh, equal to this to the uh, to the um, sex uh, offender registry for this, you know. And people people go to jail for like well, there 10 we go. Days for... you, you you roll you know get the ball rolling on that. That's what I'm saying. How about a turtle offender registry? That'd be so great. Just anything, animal, you know, a, a wildlife offender registry. Just, just picture it, right. Just picture someone coming up to your door on a random Thursday and being like, uh, hi, I'm, uh, this is really embarrassing, but I'm moving into the neighborhood, and legally I have to tell you that um, <laughs> I, I used to pick up turtles and then throw them against rocks and into the lake. Uh, that, wouldn't be, that wouldn't be pretty. I was a child. Right, exactly. That would, you wouldn't see me in that neighborhood. Don't come That's, to my door. Yeah, exactly. Don't come to my door. Yeah, but I, I just, you know, I think that'd be pretty cool. A little SWAT team and and a show. But, yeah, costs a lot of money, you know? Right. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. I think that we, you know, funding is obviously a large problem in, uh, you know, in the conservation movement. And I think that this is, you know, we have to have an idea what to do with this money if we do ever get it. I'm going to write the grant. I'm going to write a grant and literally put Chris Hansen's name on it. That would be great. Yeah, I think I'll get it. He, I mean, he's just, there's no one that's more practiced at making people feel dumb and bad about right. themselves. That's I mean, what I mean. You, you need that. Have him. You need that. Yeah. You need that. Larry. Yeah. What were you thinking? That's how he always gets great. What are you doing? And he's, <laughs> I don't know how he keeps his calm. You know what I mean? He's pretty good. Because huh? he obviously feels as strongly about 13 year old girls as we do about turtles. Right. I don't know if I'd be able to keep my calm around some guy that I knew was, you know, was trying to sell sea turtle eggs because they're considered an aphrodisiac. Right. I'm surprised yeah. he never got punched in the face. But Chris the guys Hansen. That, yeah, but the guys that go there are always like four foot ten with right. They're right. They're always out. weird guys with with gray ponytails. Yeah, it's the best. And it is, it is the best. And yeah. the M's in their pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well. Um, all right, we're going to, so what we're going to try to do for you guys though, is we're going to try to get, you know, we want to get stuff like that for just about every episode or, or, you know, we want to, we want to start encouraging you if you have ideas, um, you know, because this is what we have to think about. We want to daydream a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I, I, we're going to get them a little more even fantastical, I I think as they, you know, as the ones that we came up with, we started with the practical, closer to practical ones, at least things that make sense. Like, you know, I, I was thinking like, 
well, what if we had a bazooka that shot turtle food to hungry turtle? You know, like that's, you know, one day, one day, but not, I don't think we're quite there. Yet. I love that you're becoming a turtle nerd. Yeah. What we're looking at doing with this is in real life, you do the best with what you have to work with and this isn't real life. So let's have some fun, right? Right. Right. So let's do the best with what we don't have to work with. And it's just nice to meet another human that shares my affinity for turtle culture. Right. That's number two. That's number two. Um, and that leads us in. So we're, we've, we've only gotten two so far. I was hoping we'd have more. But um, that's going to lead us into our, our, our last topic, which uh, is, is pretty similar connected. This is a group of people that, um, you know, like them or not, they took some conservation, their conservation efforts into their own hands, and they did something that people hadn't done before. Right. And the group we're talking about, of course, is Tony. Uh, Take it away. Elf, as in E-L-F. The Earth Liberation Front. Earth. I thought it was environmental. No, it's Earth. Because they were... I suppose environmental would work, but there's also ALF, which is not just a beloved 80s TV show. Obviously. That was the Animal Liberation Front. And basically what these two groups did... Did the, did the ALF group also eat cats? I, I really hope not, because that would definitely be not quite in the same interest as what they're... Right, they're, so their name is counterproductive. Please continue. <laughs> their name is counterproductive, yes. Right. Um... The Earth Liberation Front basically it was a it was a name for a group of individuals that um they, they were an organization that functioned out of individuals um, that was they used economic sabotage and guerrilla warfare tactics to stop the exploitation um, you know and destruction of the environment in whatever way they saw fit and uh, it was a leaderless organization that was kind of you know that they encouraged you know they wanted to get their message out and then encourage people everywhere to start their own. Um, their own cell of of the group and to just do, you know, kind of the point was economic to wreak economic havoc on the people that are wreaking havoc on, you know, on our environment and our ecosystems. So they would do things like burn down, you know, they never had any human, you know, injuries or casualties, but they would do things like burn down factories that had been known to dump waste in rivers and stuff like that. Or, you know, they realize that there's a lot of bad on the west coast of the United States. Right. Because that's where everything happened. I assume that's where they're all from. No, well, actually, there's a lot. That I See, this is, I saw the documentary about them, which I encourage everyone to check out. It was called um, If a Tree Falls, was the, uh, was the title of the documentary. Okay. And um, it was actually, a lot of them are west coasters. They're, they're Seattle people, I think, in that, in that area. So just, I think what was what was interesting or inspiring about them is just the, I like that they took it into their own hands. They ended up really, obviously they went, you know, in the eyes of some, they went too far. And they were actually labeled as the number one domestic terrorist threat in the United States by the Federal Bureau of Investigations or the FBI. Which some people believe FBI is uh, it stands for female body inspector, but in this case, <laughs> it does not stand for that. It stands, oh. of course... Man. The Federal Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> so I mean, they got themselves in a lot of trouble. They got, you know, they all basically what happened. It was they got taken down like they were the mafia, like it was like a mafia. Like I, I don't know, if, I don't think it was Rico. It wasn't racketeering, you know, beef. But they taken down one of them, 
got was they were one of them was into drugs. They got arrested, and they ended up kind of leaning on them and forcing them to squeal on everybody else. And these are a bunch of environmentalists. These are not hardened gangsters who are not going to squeal on each other. They all gave each other up, and then, um, you know, it kind of dissolved from there. I saw on the Wikipedia page one guy didn't squeal. He's yeah. doing a lot of time. Right, yeah. I think that's um, the guy, that's the, the main guy who the uh, the documentary is kind of about. Oh, really? I think, actually, yeah. It, and he's... Yeah, I mean, the way that he, so the one guy that stuck to his guns is, I mean, to me, that's very inspiring. But they did, you know, they really did a lot of stuff that for, you know, and again, you don't have to necessarily agree with their, um, you know, their, their methods. But from 1996 to 2009, roughly, I mean, it's still, probably there still is, you know, there's still this function, you know, functioning groups. But, um, you know, they, they did a lot of, a lot of, th- you know, the type of thing is like they, you know, they, like I said, they burn buildings down. They would burn, you know, they, they would disable machinery that was going to be clear-cutting forests and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. And it, it, it definitely gets to a sticky area where they, you know, it's whoever they think is is doing something wrong. Like it turns into like the Boondock Saints type of a thing. Like, yes, okay, they end up being, right, they end up being uh, Judge Judy and Executioner. Right, but they're not Judge Judy and Executioner. <laughs> Oh boy, and that's the you know that that that's what makes them interesting to me though is that that's always a compelling thing. It's kind of vigilantism. Yeah, well, it is interesting. It's thoughts it's that scary. probably a lot of people have, but then two seconds into the thought, you're like, yeah, but that could never happen because right. it's just not you know it, it's 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 just not smart. It's not safe. It's not you know. It's kind of two wrongs trying to make a right out of two wrongs. That's, you know. Right. And, that, I mean, it's, and again, it's, uh, you know, you can sympathize with them and you can totally see where they're coming from. And, and I, like I said, you know, I, I mean, whenever you feel as strongly as you do about something and then you watch people just blatantly disregarding it and destroying it, you have those thoughts. I'm like, you know, someone should just lock these people in prison or worse. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't. I don't necessarily have the uh, have the guts, the um, you know, the intestinal fortitude to do some of the things that they did. But there's, you know, I, I can totally sympathize with it. I don't know that it's right to destroy property, but you know, I, I think that there's definitely a thin line. They're not killing anybody. They're not hurting anybody. But it also, is a matter of time before some, you know, something an accident happens and someone dies. Right. So, because it's pretty extreme stuff. I love that they're called elves. Like, I just picture these little elves, but instead of dressed in, being dressed in, like, green and red, they still have, like, the pointy hat, but it, they're just, like, dressed in black. Like, elf ninjas. They come out in the dark and burn things. Hmm. That's like the, um, I believe, uh, the Santa Claus. Yeah. Perhaps Santa Claus 2 or 3, I'm not sure, but they have, like, a, they have like a militant. Right, exactly. That's what I exactly right. That's what I picture. And then they go home. Be an elf because they go home. You're six foot eight and have had a beard since you were fifteen. Right. That's That's a quote from the movie Elf. Right. That is. So that's three. We've 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 got a few DHs. So we've we've been trying to quote the movie Elf. Um, It's been kind of hard though. But this is it's just there's a reason that we brought this up because it's it's an idea that I'm particularly psyched out of my mind about. Right. That's four. That's four. Right. I was. I meant to say that before when I uh, when we were talking about the uh, the new ideas, but that's so it goes. You forget. You forget things uh, when you know when you reach this age. Of course. But um, 
what did did you did you get to watch that the documentary? I didn't watch the documentary. No, I just I just read. Okay. I do my best research when I'm laying in bed with my sleeping wife next to me. So that means silent videos or no videos at all. Is that weird? Should I not say that? Does that make know. me sound like a cotton-headed ninny mungins? Nice. Thanks. Good one. But seriously, does it? I don't know. It's up to you. It's not surprising to you, but I wonder what other people are thinking. I you mean, can email us and let us know what you're thinking about me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Tony's kind of weird? Then we're going to have a lot of emails. Yeah. Well, good. Any way to get the uh, any way to get the emails flowing? Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that goes along with this that you wanted to talk about was the Sea Shepherd as well. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was we're gonna have to clean this up, Bobby. <clears throat> Why? Um. Well, now we are because I said we're gonna have to clean it up. No, we're not. <laughs> I make that decision. You clean okay, it well, up. That, you clean well, it no, up. But, no, but now we've said it twice, so now we really are going to have to go. Clean it about up. four or five times. Okay, well. Uh, so, the Sea Shepherd. Right, so that that was people another... May, um, people may uh, know that, that name. Right, that's another aspect of kind of the, you know, the militaristic side of environmentalism and... Whale um, wars. Right, exactly. You know them from from Whale Wars. They got the, the television show. There's also a really good documentary about, um, uh, I think it's called Eco Pirate. It's about the captain of the Sea Shepherd, uh, the original Sea Shepherd, sea Shepherd ship. And what he's kind of an interesting character because he, he's so into saving whales that he, like, neglects his daughter like because she's not a whale. Like, it's kind of... There definitely is a thin line with some like when you're so radical about anything like that, it's, you kind of have to give up everything else. I feel like, mm-hmm. and um, it's just and you should definitely watch that documentary. But it was you know basically what they do is they go out. Japanese whaling fleets are whaling is illegal. It's been illegal since the 1980s. There was it was 100 percent declared stop because of the Save the Whales campaign, or was it Shave the Whales campaign? I forget. I'm sure it was Save. It was save the whales. Save the whales. Can I ask you a question? Do they get away with it because they're on international waters, or just because there's no one out there to? Um... There's no one to police them. Right. Well, that's well, so. Then that's like any wildlife. Japanese crime. government there's denies no that they do it. Right. And but I mean, someone is. You can see. I mean, they have video. You can watch a video of them hauling dead whale carcasses onto their giant ships. Right. And that's and once what, the so, video gets out there. What, you know, who's going to investigate it and whatever else. Well, right. The, the point is that there's no there's no teeth to it, so that's why the the, the sea, I'm glad that you asked that because the, the Sea Shepherd and they, they have multiple multiple ships, but they have tra- kind of decided to appoint themselves as the teeth of that you know of the law that you can't whale anymore so because cool. no one's doing it. Yeah. Right. So they they gather themselves. They go to the Arctic Circle. I think it you know in the time of year when they're you know when the whaling fleets are are heaviest. And they try to find the fleets. Like that's the, that's big part of the, the largest problem. Like is just knowing where these boats are, right? The Japanese boats. So you know they have to find them, and then they try to disrupt them if they have to ram them. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like so the boats are enormous. I don't know if they can sink them, but they do whatever they can to disrupt their, you know, their their functionality. And I and how it started is <laughs> a really cool story that he was saying how it started is that they were just this is before whaling was illegal. 
they were just trying to like they were on like these little skiffs, you know, like the Somalian pirates were on, mm-hmm. like when they were taking over ships. They were on these like skiffs trying to just get in between these giant whales and these giant harpoons being shot from the from these you know the vessels. Right. And it's it, it, it's that's inspiring to me because you're putting yourself really clearly in harm's way. And they still shot like they, you know they still shot the whales. They didn't they didn't really care about the people either. These right. whalers. Right. And um, it's just uh, you it's can sad. understand. You can understand yeah, because because if they don't feed their family, if they don't kill that whale, it's, right? It's sad. What do they care about the environment when their family is going to starve, and it's the only way they know how to feed their family? It's sad. It's really sad. Um, it's a sad world that we live in. And the same thing right. happens with the reptiles. The same thing at all the wildlife markets. It's brutal. Right. They just they just slaughter animals alive, and they it, you know it's it's the saddest and, and how do and you slaughter an animal alive? Be, you don't you know you don't go for the kill shot. I know it was a joke. You know what it I mean? It was a a poor taste joke. Sorry. It's like it's, it's seriously it's like hostile. It's like it is no it's disgusting. It's like a horror movie. It's unbelievable. And, and well, that's. An, it's happening all over, and, it, and it's there's not enough money, there's not enough law, and and there's there's not enough um, penalty for when people get caught. Well, I, I think it shows caught. it shows kind of like the, the Sea Shepherd has brought up kind of the uh, you know one of the main problems is that the teeth behind there are laws, and you can say yeah. like listen, it's illegal to harvest. Uh, you know, a red-eared slider, or whatever you want. We always bring a red-eared slider because no, we don't. Start the pops in the head. We I don't. do. You do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. All right. Um, Badiger borneosis. It's illegal to to harvest them. But I mean, who's you know? Is, is there someone out there with a checkboard following every Badiger around? No. Right. There's no. It, it's hard to enforce. And that's what. That's kind of more what I was thinking of. Like, I, like we should have somebody. We have people bodyguards sent to. Follow, they follow Beyonce around every time she goes to take a crap, and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let's hire a bodyguard for you know the, the giant Chinese soft shells that are, there's four left. Let's mm-hmm. have someone with them all the time. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's kind of more of what I would like, putting, just putting specific manpower on these animals. Uh, obviously, it's hard because there's places they go that we can't. You know, we can't follow a sea turtle into the ocean um, you know, too directly because uh, humans can't breathe underwater it's, but I don't know if you did you know that I didn't know that no. uh, so we, be if, careful around large pools of- if we're doing whatever we want and we're thinking outside the box maybe we should get Aquaman on our side right exactly or they have like even a, in Star Wars remember in a, episode one they have the thing that they put in their mouth and then they can breathe it's like a little you know, it's like you put, you put it's like inside your cell phone, like you put your cell phone in your mouth, and it just has like it pulls the oxygen out of the water, and you can swim. It's like a water. harmonica. Yeah, it is. It looks like a harmonica, and that's they go down, they swim down to see Jar Jar Binks, which, I mean, you know, regretfully I had to mention that. But, I've never um, seen any of the Star Wars movies. Anyone who's listening, no, so if you haven't as well, this episode know. is over. Right and if now. you're a that's, nerd, you're a horrible person. If you're a nerd, see how, like how can you know? We've talked about this before. How can you be a nerd about turtles but not be a nerd about Star Wars? You're either a nerd or you're not. I'm a nerd, I'm getting there. I'm a nerd. You're I getting know. there. Oh God, you're that's that makes it even worse. You're like a you're like a cool person who's trying to become a nerd. You're a fo- You're a poser nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's. I, I think that you know going forward. 
I, I like think that the, the Sea Shepherd and the uh, you know the Earth Liberation Front are definitely things that we can take some cues from. And I don't know if you want to be you know as extreme as them, but um, you know, definitely inspiring for me. In what way? We'll you know we'll see where it goes, but right. it's definitely something to take a cue from. And you know, we I think that we all have to you know final thought wrap up is that we all have to kind of find a way our own niche in making you know and affecting some positive change for the environment if you want to make the world a better place take a look at your life and make the change is that the is that what michael jackson said yes did i did i butcher it or is that actually how it goes if you want to make the world a better place take a look at yourself and then make a Change, yeah, no, that's good. Na 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 na, yeah. A man in the mirror. Oh, I don't know. Uh, you think we're gonna get we're gonna get charged for that? Oh, right. No, that wasn't Michael <laughs> Jackson. That was that, that was, was Jermaine. Some, that was Lenny. That was a guy that I. <laughs> Jermaine is also a person. Whoops. We, uh, that was some guy that I used to do uh, that I used to like tile with. Oh, cool. that. Yeah, it's a direct quote from Paul. Sweet. Yeah. So, I we have to wrap it up now, right? Yeah, sounds good. No trivia this time. If you want to answer a trivia question, listen to episode six because we still haven't had a correct answer for that one. And Beautiful. the correct answer for the trivia question will get a pound of Missouri tortoise or turtle chow, um, chow their choice. All right, folks. Thank you for caring. Thank you for caring. I love you. I love you. I love you. Love you. I love you. Love you. That was Elf again. That was good. Check out Elf. You the Will Ferrell movie. Also, can we plug Elf? Yeah. <laughs> Does somebody need a hug? That's the last one. Make the world a better place. Watch Elf. <laughs>